Let, let's try introing ourselves again. I'm Bell. I'm Jamie. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Ploof. And th- see, this is why the intro had to go after the names. <laughs> yeah. Now, Alex is here, our first guest, episode four, starting off with a bang. Alex, Ooh. why don't you tell us what you've chosen for Vinyl Verdict this week? This evening, we're going to be listening to An Evening of Magic by Chuck Mangione, live at the Hollywood Bowl, with Chuck Mangione Quartet and Seven Piece Orchestra. Wow. I have a very nice sleeve here. Do we discuss the sleeves on this? Yeah, yeah go, you can dive right into it. We can talk about whatever you want. This is your podcast. Freeform. Ooh. Just like the jazz on Just this like album. Just like jazz. I think it's really pretty. It is pretty. It is. I don't think I've ever seen one that has a nice gatefold with like a little booklet in the middle before. Yeah, my expectations were low and then Alex pulled it out oh, and look, it's, it's like, dang. Like a, like a, like a, you flip the page, Alex? Holy yep. shit, it's got like multiple pictures of his day around the city before he recorded the podcast. Or the, sorry, the record. We're recording a podcast. He's recording a record. Yeah, what is this? Saturday, July 15th, 1978. Yep. Last step before the big day. Final countdown to the moment. Chuck heard in his six head for what? <laughs> anyway. It's all handwritten <laughs> too. He wrote that all on the gatefold. Every single Every album single one. Yeah, he signed them all. Yeah. On this, in this bit, is talking about the traffic that day in the city. Wow, <laughs> thorough. Uh, apparently, eighteen thousand fans arrived. No, wow. How big is the Hollywood Bowl? Did it's you, pretty. It's it's fairly large. Did you know that uh, today? Um, what's his face got assaulted at? The oh Hollywood yeah, yeah. Bowl. Dave Chappelle Dave got Chappelle. beat up. What? What? He was yeah. uh, doing a set at the Hollywood Bowl yesterday evening. Yeah, and someone and got mad some at guy him. ran up on stage and like tackled them. I don't know what the what? joke That's was. Crazy. No, no, it was it was unprovoked. It was just oh. like he just ran up on stage and like laid him out, he, and then security took him away. Does anyone know why? Was it like a trans rights thing or something? No. Wow. I, I, the guy's uh, brother spoke to the media today and was just like, I don't know what caused that. Crazy. It must have been a medical thing. Wow. Uh, just right. get away with just saying it's a medical thing. Yeah, yeah. just attack whoever. It's a medical like, thing, bro. I got a stress. doctor's note. Am I right? Yeah. Oh dang, he like really got him. This is, we're getting off track already. Oh, you watched yeah. it already? Yeah. Chuck Mangione's day was interrupted <laughs> by Dave Chappelle being attacked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a super cool uh, gatefold. I only have one like that, which is the the Gorillas Humans album, where it's like a book. Oh, but yeah, really, really. Yeah. Cool. I forgot Look, you're really right. nice yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah shout out to his fedora. Oh yeah. yeah, he's class act. That's what he's known for. Yeah, Chuck Mangione, flugelhorn player yeah. and fedora wearer, mm-hmm. and spokesman of the Megalomart. That's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the only reason I know him. It's from King of the Hill because he's the spokesman with his little trumpet as he walks around oh, playing the theme it's, song. It's, it's a, a flugelhorn. flugelhorn. <laughs> All right, I didn't know. It was, uh, I thought this was a safe place. Yeah, <laughs> a flugelhorn is a valved bugle. Oh, cool! I'm I glad looked you looked that up. Yeah, because I had no fucking idea. I knew it was like a brass Beautiful. horn. I see it there. It's it has a oh, that's it. Yeah, it has a darker mm. tone than a coronet or a okay. trumpet. That's cool. I thought it was like big circular thing, like a French horn. Is that the one that's, that's like kind of what I French thought? Horn. Too. Yeah. yeah. So no, it, it has a slightly like a different tone than a French horn, but I don't know. I like the way it sounds you know, on the oh, huge nerd playing. Yeah. So. I, I know him for like the exact same reasons, uh, King of the Hill mostly, and it yeah. wasn't until like and the memes a few years ago where I actually started listening to the music and I was like, wow, he's actually really fucking good. Yeah, then um, we went and bought that. Remember when? Yeah, the, I finally got a copy of Feels So Good. Yeah, it was in the dollar bin. Yeah, hell yeah, it was. <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, like my first exposure to Chuck Mangione was just in band. Oh yeah, in like okay. grade eight, and we played Feels So Good, and I thought it sucked. <laughs> and it wasn't for like many years later until I heard this record, and I was like, oh my god, that song slaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got a funky beat. You yeah. could dance to it if you really wanted to. Yeah, it turns that out- guy playing bass is nuts. Yeah, it turns out when it's not just a bunch of eighth graders like yeah, it sounds, biffing it. Yeah, like, it sounds good. Yeah, it's way better. 
the song does feel good. Yeah, it does. Feel yeah, and so I can't good. believe like it was a top song. It was number twenty one in uh, Billboard's year end Hot one hundred singles. Yeah, uh, when like the Bee Gees had put out uh, "Staying Alive" and "How yeah. Deep Is Your Love" and like all these other ones. Yeah, because so, like, that, that was the year that uh, Saturday Night Fever came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was also the year that people discovered that disco sucks. He was way more popular than I first uh, imagined, actually. Prolific, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he, he did, did better than Baker music Street. Music for a bunch of movies and stuff, too. He did better than Baker Street? Yeah. That's a fucking banger. And wow. shit. Sorry. No, it's fine. That's interesting. I'm closing the list. This is way too interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah Baker yeah, Street's a banger. Surprisingly, like, he's one of those guys who's made, like, 30-plus albums or whatever. Well, did you see when his first album came out? Uh, no. 58 or something like oh, okay, that? Okay, yeah. So, so he'd already released, like, many albums before this came out yeah yeah at one point he was releasing three albums a year no way that's crazy holy crap some people can just write music like when there's no lyrics it's i don't know a little different melody yeah and and jazz is very freeform right so he he actually did this cool thing uh i can't remember exactly but i was just reading up on him a little bit he did like an album that's basically interpretations of paintings or something Mm. (laughs) yeah super i was like that is the most jazz shit i have ever heard in my entire life but it's super cool um, I really liked the album. Like, I'll just put it that way. Oh yeah, just what? a little bit. Yeah, closer. Just a little bit. Your waveform is kind of small. So that's okay. James is small too, but then it sounds good once we. Hey, how about that? It's the size of the wave. It's the yeah. motion of the ocean. It's the motion of the ocean. Yeah, that's um, right. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I also thought it was good. I've never really listened to smooth jazz or easy listening before. Yeah. Uh, and. It, it was better than I expected, and I think maybe some of it comes down to the songs not feeling long because there are no lyrics. Yeah. So like I didn't mind just listening to it. It's like an hour and forty minutes, and I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty good for most of the album." There is a point where it kind of shifts for me, but for most of it, I was like, "Yeah, this is really good." And the bass immediately is like that flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, crazy. That guy's a crazy bass player. I forget his name. Um, they shot him out several they, times during the album. Yeah, I like I like uh, actually how much Chuck. It's too bad he doesn't do the orchestra a little more because I thought they were actually a really cool part of it. Yeah. He does mention them a couple times, and there's like 70 people, so it's hard to give them Which all credit. Which is funny because you've talked about how you don't like albums that shout out the band or I know. concerts that do. I know. This one was very mild, though. Like, it was not often. It was yes. still enough to be like, hey, one person between this song, and then like four songs later, it's like, this other person. Yeah. And one other person I, later I, on. I made a note that I actually normally don't like when they say the track name before every song. Um, but I think it's a little different when it's like orchestral stuff like this or like it's jazz and there's no Yeah, and you wouldn't and guess what it was called. If you're yeah. not a big fan, it's not always easy to remember exactly which song is which. Yeah, there's no way um, you would know that Feel So Good is called Feel So Good from its tone. Right? Oh, man, feel so good that one I actually recognize like instantly because of King of the Hill. Sure. Because he does the intro like every episode he's on. Um, which is surprisingly a lot. Yeah. He was in a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah. Chuck Mangione still alive. 81. Wow. No. Still no. really shit, really? Yeah. Now, wasn't there a whole like South Park episode about how Canadians love him as well? Really? No way, is there? Oh, well, oh we I don't know. Right victim to it. Yeah, I think, I think we'll it, do. Yeah, I think there's one where they're like, oh, the Canadians, they all love Chuck Mangione. <laughs> That's so <laughs> funny. It is accurate, um, yes. Yeah, they're right. It Chuck Mangione's from Rochester, New York, which is right on the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, that makes sense then. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of pressings and stuff, a lot of recordings done up here. I remember seeing him on PBS. Uh, oh, so yeah? the WNED, which is the... PBS station in Rochester or Buffalo, I guess. Um, he used to do like the the pledging. He'd be like, "Support your local PBS station," and then he'd play like a little flugelhorn bit. And nice. Then he would cut. Thanks, Chuck. It would go back to like this old house or whatever. <laughs> so why'd you choose this one, Alex? Uh, I chose this one just because it's one of my favorite records, and it's. Oh, 
It's like a jazz record that, I don't know, you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is so much better on vinyl. Like, (laughs) there's something about vinyl that just gives it to it. I actually got this from my grandfather when he passed away. (laughs) So, yeah, like, it kind of just so happened that when he died, it was just as I was going into my like indie hipster get a record player mm-hmm. phase in college mm-hmm. so i was like heck yeah no one else wanted them i just took all the <laughs> records and this is easily one of the best slaps now you might think that my memories <clears throat> now you might think that my memories of listening to it would be like with him and stuff but it's it's not um <laughs> we basically <laughs> Basically, in university, me and my friends would just get absolutely polluted downtown. <laughs> it's in St. John's, Newfoundland, so like that's kind of the only thing it's that common, you can do. Yeah. Be weirder if you weren't. Yeah, and then we would just go back and listen to old jazz records, and particularly like Chuck Mangione and Harry Belafonte. Oh, we would, we would just sit down and like unconsolably like blast it, and just be like <laughs> Chuck to just just take us home. Like, <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's a fun story, actually. That's really good. That's like the story I told last week about going to the pool hall to listen oh, to Crime yeah. of the Century. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. In the illegal pool hall. Yeah, the legal <laughs> pool hall underneath the LCBO. <laughs> um, I actually really liked how the whole album started. It started just like, honestly, a King of the Hill episode where he's just playing by himself solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just him right at the start, and it just does the intro, and it feels so good. And then the rest of the band kicks on, and it's like, oh, this is great. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's a great opener. Sure. It leads the rest of the concert so perfectly. The, the only thing I'll say about the, the recording, it, the recording is super tight. Like yeah. you can hear all the, the musicians. You can't really hear the orchestra as well at certain points, but you, you never really feel like there's 70 pieces behind you. Mm-hmm. Oh, crazy. Uh, no. Which is nuts. But uh, also you don't always hear the crowd. And like apparently the crowd was like nuts yeah because I, re- I read a concert review for this show and i guess like people were just out there like like it was a beatles concert crazy really. like screaming the, well you can really hear them at the start i actually have a note that like you can really hear the crowd uh get excited as yeah he's like starts... shouting at him too i thought yeah. they swore at him or like you suck and i was like oh they're saying chuck yeah <laughs> okay that's fine yeah i was so surprised opening this i haven't looked in it in a while i kind of just in my mind imagine that the hollywood bowl was a very small venue no it's because big, it's yeah. just the recording's so good like you normally in the bass you don't yeah. get like the sub bass yeah. of like a kick drum or the bass guitar but they just mixed it so well it's like oh yeah it is an excellent mixing and the fact that it's like recent hits and it wasn't like like super deep cuts is actually no. really useful um, you know, to someone like I don't listen to Chuck Mangione every day, and but I liked that it had some of the ones that I recognized on it. Yeah, like Main Squeeze, I recognize that one. Yeah, one. Uh, I'll find the exact track. I linked a track to my friend, and I basically in my notes put this is like solo the the song because it's like solos from basically everybody. But he put it on, and then his boss comes in. And he's like, why are you listening to Chuck Mangione? And he rattles <laughs> off the track name. Like, the guy, dude's a huge fucking super fan. And he's he's just like, oh, fuck, okay, yeah, I guess I got to listen to this a lot more often. His boss had always recommended it to him, but he never took a listen. And then I was finally like, no, 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 no. You got to you gotta hear this one at least in particular. And then if yeah. you like it, check out the rest. But, yeah, it's just funny how the dude, like, walked in and just named the track instantly. Oh, man. Speaking yeah. of tracks, let's uh, give it one last listen. And let's yes, talk sir. about some individual tracks. Sure. Oof. All right. All right. All right. 
actually do like it's funny because i actually do love a lot of smooth jazz but it's not a genre that i know a lot of the artists very well it's just like oh, there's this one english station on youtube that just it's it's called like smooth jazz or something and the dude just plays fucking hit after hit after hit and i just listen to it every now and then when i've got to work because i can i love listening to music as i write but i can only listen to instrumental shit while i write because lyrics get me distracted mm, yeah um so i put on a lot of smooth jazz and it wasn't until the first time i really went to school and had to like do game design stuff where i was like i needed something that was keeping me productive but not distracting and that's where i really fell in love with like a lot of smooth jazz and like i like jazz but not like just the more popular stuff i guess it was a lot of like uh fuck i don't know who's the i uh, like gene krupa and buddy rich oh yeah a lot of drumming um but there were definitely a few tracks that I heard while listening to this. I was like, oh, I've totally heard this before while listening to the fucking Smooth Jazz Station. I have a lot of, like, Miles Davis quartets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, interestingly, I find, like, the studio versions of a lot of this. I don't really care for them. Sure. Sure. But then when they do it live, it's like, oh, heck yeah. Like, There's a lot more soul into it. Yeah. 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 Like, jazz is really free-form flowing, right? You can do whatever you want and yeah. just go with it and solo and noodle stuff. Like, it's, oh. I love it. Like I said, he did that weird interpretations of a painting album or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just... There's a, so there's a, some jazz concept albums. For example, that one that I have, the Chuck Mangione one, the, the Land of Make-Believe one, which he plays Land of Make-Believe yeah, on yeah, this yeah. album. Um, it, that was sort of like a concept because it was like all the themes of Land of Make-Believe. And that was what he was playing through. And that was with the 70-piece orchestra as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's normally like a quartet or a quintet, I think. Yeah, he's a quartet. Yeah. Yeah. Just a four piece. How many pieces until it's too large of an orchestra? 70 sounds like a lot. 70 is a lot. Like, how do you coordinate that? I don't know. When does it stop adding? When does it stop adding to the music, though? You get the maestro in there with the wave. I don't know. Honestly, that's a good question. That's kind of a good question, right? (laughs) Because, yeah, like. Do you really need twenty violinists or whatever is sitting in the in the actual orchestra? I don't know. Five. You're right. Probably five or so mm-hmm. would suffice. Um, it doesn't make it feel fuller. Like I actually really like the orchestra in this one because you don't hear it as much. Mm-hmm. But I find that when you do, it really fills everything out nicely. Um, so I actually really enjoyed the orchestral portion of it of the recording. No, yeah. I read the concert review. Did I say that already? Yeah. The, well, the one yeah. concert review was just like. Uh, Chuck Mangione burns down the the Hollywood Bowl with his like hot take on like smooth jazz, and it was pretty. It was I was like, wow, that's yeah, it's like cool. That was, was from the L.A. Times. Yeah, it's it's, it's smooth jazz, but he does a ton, there's a ton of like not so smooth parts. Yeah, not in just in the sense that it's not smooth jazz. It's more like like jazz jazz. It's like jazz funk almost. Yeah, yeah, it feels really funky a lot of times, um, which I'm a huge fan of because I just I love the funk and it's kind of from the same time era. Um, gotta have that funk. Yeah, <laughs> we got the funk. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have that funk. Um, so we already kind of talked about feels so good. The opening track. Yeah. Eleventh uh, Commandment, the Man, second one. That was probably my favorite. Fire. I yeah, yeah absolutely love the bass yeah, on this one. Four minutes one. in, it's just like all yeah, yeah. Changes. About a third of the way through, I just love that whole slow section, and then the rest of the orchestra. And then the drum solo, like a minute yeah. after, I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this Ram- one's easily my favorite, and like. Yeah. How many songs have two bass solos in them? Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, so, so good. It was fucking fire, yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, what's your favorite track on the Yeah. Than, oh, 11 Commandments. Easy. Command. Like, yeah, okay. by, yeah, by a lot. What's Do you have a least favorite track on the album? 
Uh, the one that comes after it. Which one's that? Chase, Chase the Clouds, clouds Away. Chase the Clouds Away. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. I thought it was the Simpsons intro. Like, the pan flute. I was like, what is happening here? So, I actually liked this, but it reminded me of, like, opening credits of a movie. Yeah. And someone's, like, driving down the coast on, on in Los yeah. Angeles. It, re- it, it weirdly reminded me of the Forrest Gump theme. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, like, where it's just, like, very yeah. flutey. It's, yeah, it's like the start or the end of an old movie. Yeah. It's like a credits kind of track. And so I didn't... It's probably my least favorite on the album. I can agree to that, but I still like it. It's nine and a half minutes long. It yeah, really it's long. it's really pretty for like the first three, and it's just the same thing after that. Yeah. For, for the next six, That's yeah. Great. Like going back to the whole like normally listening to it after downtown, like this is when people would always pass out <laughs> during the place, chase the clouds away. <laughs> Um, after that, we get Hill where the Lord Hill where the Lord hides. That's yeah. good. another good one. Yeah, it's There's some amazing horns and sax. Yeah, yeah. And the drum and bass lines. Yeah. Really energetic. It's like an action movie. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, um, short in comparison to the rest of the set for mm. the most mm-hmm. part. Cause this one was only like a few minutes long or something. For I get crazy. I think that's the shortest song on the album. Yeah. Oh, actually, the the children of sanchez on the second right God, yeah the second finale you didn't um, like it i didn't like that last oh, okay. lp but we'll get to that, that. so we'll children of sanchez was the next album that came out well after it was for a movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah it makes for sense. the soundtrack yeah yeah that makes sense. um i actually really liked the the opener with the guitar and the bass mm-hmm. or was it a, like i couldn't tell because it was super deep but it like at times kind of sounds like a guitar um but i love the encastr- the orchestra inco- incorporation mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. track actually mm-hmm. a lot uh and then we get on to doing everything with you it's okay. Yeah, I said that too. This was okay. No, it was fine. This is probably my least favorite or second least favorite, I guess, after Chasing yeah. the Clouds Away. Yeah, um, I, I can't even think of what it sounds like. Like, I need to right? play it briefly. Yeah, because to- totally fine. Even though I've listened to this so many times, I can't think of it. Yeah. I, I said it was a nice track, not bad, kind of just background music for me. Yeah, it sounded like elevator music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, good elevator music, but... F- phone phone waiting music. It yeah. uh, reminds me of, like, a, a cop show, but we're showing the outside of the police station. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> it's a theme, random it's, cars. It's, yeah, it's a theme song to something, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's one where, like, a lot of them, the drums are really intricate, and that one is kind of just, like, the same beat yeah. the whole yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the drummer on this album is really good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. We got Charles Bradley Jr. Yeah, Charles yeah. Bradley Jr. Yeah, yeah he says no, their names every time, and I forgot them all already. James Bradley Jr. James Bradley, yeah. Sorry, tra- Sorry, James. Charles Meeks is the bassist. Right. Oh, there we go. Um, after that, we get to Love the Feeling. That one's also good. Yeah. yeah. The horns into the guitar shredding at five minutes in. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 This one, like, it caught my attention and pulled me right back after doing everything with mm-hmm. you. I thought it was a really nice kind of mix um, of, like, highs and lows mm-hmm. at, the, at the start of the start of the whole concert. And then uh, around four minutes where that sax or whatever it is comes in, I was just like, mm-hmm. damn. And, yeah, it really impressed me. Well, is that like a fugal horn? Just it, Like, it rip? might be. Honestly, it just sounded kind of too deep, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, because I'm not sure when he's playing the flugelhorn with a mute in it. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I can't... Sorry. 7-Night-Live intro. That has to be flugelhorn. It has to be flugelhorn? Okay. Yeah, it sounds like the Saturday Night Live intro, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and I then, Get Crazy's not bad. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I like the quiet drums at the start. Yeah. How it, like, kind of picks up later. Um, I like when he uh, talks about the intermission. He's just like, hey, we got we got a little bit more coming up for you just in a few minutes. Yeah. That's where I should have got the hint that it wasn't an hour and it was an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, because he, he, I was just like, wow, this is a fucking long album last night in our little group chat. And he's just like, it's not that long. It's like an hour. I was just like, 
I think it's a little longer than that. <laughs> and then it just, I looked it up. It's like 101 minutes long. So you get a lot of value from from Chuck. Like yeah. if you had gone to a concert and he played for an hour and 40 minutes, I, I would feel like I got good value out yeah. of that. The only band that I've seen do an intermission was Rush. Yeah. And that's because nobody opened for them. It was just Rush, and they played for like an hour, and then cut for 20 minutes or whatever, no. and then played for like another hour. Yeah, that was that. Roger Waters, too. Yeah, Because they thing. had to change like the set over and stuff like that, so yeah. just had to go break. So. Fleetwood yeah. Mac did that when I saw them. That's cool. Yeah, yeah actually, Blue Rodeo did that as well. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. All the these old, old guy bands. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they did the thing where they were just like, okay, bear with us. <laughs> We're going to play our new album for you. Ugh. Everyone stands up. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, God. And they were like, then we'll do an intermission and play all the stuff that you actually want to hear. We're like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Man, no. Contractually obligated tour. <laughs> the funny thing is, I actually wrote in here at some point about how uh, when he does the new songs later, a lot of people were probably excited, at least like like really big fans. Because whenever I go see a band and they're like, hey, we're going to play our new song, I'm actually always really stoked. Yeah. Because I want to see, I want to hear the new shit. That's just you. It's just me. Yeah, just you. <laughs> Yeah, unless the the new album's a banger. Like, if I want to sure. hear, like, I went to see the Doobie Brothers maybe five years ago, and they tried to play their new album, and it was like World on the World Gone Crazy or something like that. It was the name of their new album, and the first song on it is f- Dog. <laughs> and then I was just like, this sounds like the worst imitation of the Doobie Brothers I've ever heard. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, and then they were just like, we're not going to play any more of this album. You can buy it in the in the lobby if you want to hear more. One. No, not a single human being bought it. But they're, they're, they're like, you want to hear China Grove? And I was like, F- yeah, I want to hear China Grove. That's what I came here for. <laughs> so anyway, the, yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, in this case, I think people were psyched to hear the new album because the new album was a banger. It was feel so good. That was his latest album. Yeah. So that's fair. It's kind of like the whole Tommy record all over again. People were excited to hear what they yeah. just put out. Yeah. 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 We we had previously listened to the Who live at Leeds, which oh, yeah. they played the entire set of Tommy. Pretty so. much. There's like two songs missing or something. Yeah, it's the yeah. ones that are like synth songs. Yeah. 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 Um. Next, we get to Land of Make Believe. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's nice. Yeah, I like the guitar noodling around three and a half minutes. Yep, that's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, that. Real fast. Yeah, yeah, take a listen. Yeah. Um... Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's fucking dope. <laughs> that, yeah. That part came on, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah, this is great." Um... <laughs> yeah. If I'm honest, most of the time when I listen to it. I do side one yeah. and dip out before chase the clouds away, and they go straight to side three. <laughs> okay, yeah. That, that's, oh, really? It's perfectly yeah. valued. Yeah, like side two is fine. Yeah, but like land of make believe and hide and seek are both just so fire. Yeah, they're yeah, fire. They yeah. Really, yeah, they really are. Um, and then yeah, they take a little break after land of make believe. I think right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Hide and Seek is the next track. And they come back into Shred. More yeah. Ins- yeah, I wrote more insane guitar solos. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely Shred. <laughs> this is the one that I said, this is like solo the track. It's just solo after yeah, solo in the sax from everyone solo in the band. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like just one big jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to the day after. Uh, what's the what's Our first night our together. Our first night together, yeah, yeah. Romantic. Yeah, it's a slow wake up that kind of picks up and just seems super energetic and cheerful or celebratory by yeah. the end of it. Yeah, the end all of a sudden feels very different. Again, it feels yeah. like the end of Saturday Night Live. Ah, yeah, sure. Like, okay, what is sure. Going on? Yeah. It's like you just enjoyed a good time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now you got trumpets to walk away to. <laughs> and then everything falls apart. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I, I don't hate Children of Sanchez as much as Bell did, but like. I was ready to turn it off. It was. 
not a good it's not it's three and a half minutes that's thankful thank, thankfully yeah i don't know how many times i've listened to side four hmm. but like i need to turn it on right now to like remember yeah. what happens in side four like oh children of sanchez isn't bad yeah it's but it's a turning point of like it's a movie soundtrack i started sure. to check out a bit i was like nah and then he plays the other half of Children of Sanchez. Later. Yeah. Well, he and does the main theme and then the finale. Yeah. For the end. I actually really like the drums and the uh, backing horns on Children of Sanchez. Sure. Um, I think they're pretty good. And then Bye yeah. Bye. Bye Bye. It's so slow. Again, movie soundtrack. The woman has just said something on a rainy night to the lead actor who's like, dear, it's okay. And it's so okay. Going yeah. I wish See you they, later. I wish they closed with this one. What, bye bye? Yeah, partially. Yeah, it's gonna feel so good. Because he, he says well, bye bye like eight <laughs> times at the end. Yeah, he says bye bye like three times. Yeah, yeah. bye bye now. Like each track is like bye bye. Um, <laughs> I thought I don't know. I just thought they could close with it because it's a little quieter. This is, seems like something you could play while everyone's kind of packing up and leaving, but like not in a bad way. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's someone that just comes on the stereo when the lights are on. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like JK. We still have twelve minutes left. <laughs> yeah. Next we get to. Uh, Ooh. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ma- main squeeze is a bop. I like that one. Well, hold on. Children, yeah, just skip of, right over. Children of Sanchez the, the finale. Half, the other half is Children of Sanchez is also dog shit. <laughs> and guess what? It sounds like a finale. Why is this not the end? It yeah, was more yeah. that was another one that I was like, why didn't? Why wasn't this also chosen as like the last one? I don't know. It was weird. Um, but then yeah, he does close out with main squeeze, main kind squeeze of because pretty it's, good. Feels so Main good squeeze is list. good. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It still feels like Saturday Night Live. There's just a shift yeah. to the way that it's like yeah. the sax solos and the fast drums, and it's like okay. Yeah, it's so good. This I like is, that one. This is probably like the most jazzy song to mm. me on the whole album. Uh, there's lots of like random kind of yeah. brass cries throughout it and stuff. Yeah. Just like Bleh. it feels more freeform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he just feels so good again, and it's just. It's not as good as the first time they do it. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't like the song anymore. It just was like too much. And it's funny because like it clearly was very popular. So I get it. Yeah. Like if you miss the first song, as people are filing in, you want to hear "Feel So Good." That's the song. But it, oh, I was just like, oh, okay. And like you said, not as good as the first time because yeah, they're introducing people again. Because like the first time, like they shred it. Like they go in there and they're like, Heck they go yeah. hard into yeah. "Feel So Good." Yeah. And then the second time, it's like two minutes shorter or something yeah. it's, and it's, oh, it's just even like less. it's uh, like it's six minutes shorter because first <laughs> feels so good on the first side like nine is minutes. nine minutes long oh and the last one's what like three, three minutes yeah. three yeah. minutes long yeah oh yeah. my god he just like gives you the, the greatest hits of feel so good and then just like see you later yeah it just feels Thanks, like a Los waste Angeles. to me <laughs> yeah it's like the the joking family guy where the, they got the cantina band and it's just like, well, what do you want to play next? Play that same song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only band that I've ever seen do this where they open and close with the same track was uh, ZZ Top and it was LaGrange. They opened with LaGrange. And they closed, <laughs> and they yeah, closed with LaGrange. That's a choice though. I, to be fair, I was like real fucking stoked on that one at least because me and my girlfriend missed most of the opening LaGrange because yeah. we were out getting wine and stuff before the concert started. I thought for sure there's going to be openers and like we got time. No, ZZ no, Top. ZZ Top comes out. Right and Chuck Mangino did the same thing. He's like, I know you were a little busy. Yeah. Here's that song you wanted to hear Hell yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. But well, worse. But even if they did it the opposite way, like if the first one was like the tight three minute feels so good. Yeah. And then they got into like the 11th commandment, which is just like slow and then a complete blast. Mm-hmm. That could work pretty well. But instead you have this, I don't know, just it's such a disappointing ending after they go so hard for so much of it. Yeah. And it's not clear 
whether the encore was like after several minutes and they came yeah. back out and everyone's like, yeah, Chuck. Play yeah. feels so Come good out, again. Chuck. Yeah, it's because they, they cut that part out. It's listed as an encore, but you're right. I don't know if there was like a big wait or not. I'm, so, I'm there's in- four tracks that weren't included in the album that oh. were recorded. Uh, there's an expanded version, mm-hmm. and it, instead of being 101 minutes long, I think it's like 127 minutes. Oh, Jesus. wow. He went for almost like two hours plus. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. But I think it's due to space constraints on the record that they put the tracks that they put on. Um, but I'm, I, I actually don't know what the names of the record or the songs that were cut um, were, but like. I think there's a version of it where you can listen to them. I didn't. I don't Probably. know if I want to. Like, if this is the best of them, and they cut, had to cut songs, I think it's going to be the worst ones, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you would think so, uh, because there are very few 3LP albums, like, yeah. even now. It, like, this is a very expensive gatefold, if you, if you think about it, because, like, most gatefolds that have two LPs in them are not this, this in-depth. This is no. actually really nice. Yeah. And this is probably because... I don't think they were expecting to sell as many of them. So they could probably charge more for one like this. Because, like, Chuck Mangione is not exactly a household name. Like, Frampton Comes Alive is the best-selling live album of all time. And it's also a double LP. And it sold, like, 50 million copies. Like, I don't I don't think Chuck Mangione is selling, like, 50 million. But if they could put good value into it and then charge a little bit more, they could probably get a little bit... You know, more out of it yeah I'll, I'll be honest i actually like want to go get a copy um partly now that i see it in person i'm like wow that's actually a very impressive product mm-hmm. um, yeah like surprisingly yeah. so yeah let's talk about the actual record itself and the package it comes in and stuff um alex you want to go for it well first i just want to say like i think that this is a record where it being a record helps it out a lot mm-hmm. because like if it was just a CD and you had to listen to all of them just in a row, like there are those slow spots, like side two is fine. Side four kind of sucks, <laughs> but one and three are like incredible. Yes. And records have this really great thing where like every 20 minutes you get an out. And so like, especially like you can just put on like side three, blow your friend's minds and then after 20 minutes you like throw on something else mr ploof the record store around your corner um, around the corner has three copies for 6.99 hell yeah is that the good record store or the bad record store the bad record okay that's fine i'll still go there (laughs) yeah they have three copies yeah i'm totally buying it i'm gonna go buy one too right there's three copies there's three people who want it wow alex you've sold us this hard on what time are they open the best one what time are they open till highest quality one Okay, what time are they open? Hopefully ours look as nice as Alex's, though. This is actually in pretty good condition. So should we talk about our vinyl verdicts? Well, hold on. we got to talk a bit more about like the actual package. Do we, we did. I think do we? I thought we just talked about it in the preamble a little bit while we were hanging out. I don't know if we include it, but no, go ahead anyways. Yeah, just in case. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. No. <laughs> yeah, we kind of we already looked at it, but like... Well, we did talk about how it just talks about his day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he man wrote his journal. Yeah. <laughs> I guess everyone had arrived by the time that the third tune was there. Ooh. Hmm. Um, the quartet floats. The orchestra soars. Ooh. The excitement rages. Actually, I think that by everyone is there, I think they mean that the first two were just the band. Oh, yeah. Which, in fairness, 
in my mind, the songs that are the best are the ones that are just the quartet. Fair. Fair. Fair enough. They're going to be the tightest tracks, probably. Um, From a value proposition, I don't know how much a new pressing is worth. Let me look that up. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much, like, it was brand new. Probably at least, like, what, $25 or $30 would be today. Yeah. Because it's a double. $12.99 or something like that. It used to be a really expensive record. Because it's a double gatefold. There's a ton on the inserts. It's like a book when you open it and look through it. Lots of, like, images and pictures and stuff. That stuff isn't usually included. Um, even the inner sleeves we were commenting on the quality yeah. of the inner sleeves because even those have like track listings on them right like yeah. crazy I've never seen track listings on an inner sleeve before yeah right like, uh, I have a couple like that but yes it's but very it's rare, rare. Yes. yeah um, yeah like that Genesis album I have has sure. it on there and it also has pictures on the sleeve like the band oh. and, and on the opposite side of the sleeve is all the roadies yeah if if you were telling me that the record store down the street was selling these Used but in good condition, I'd still pay twenty dollars for one. Honestly, six ninety nine is a great value. Oh yeah, I'm a hundred percent like yes, I'm gonna buy that now. So is that your vinyl verdict? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would give. This is honestly, this is probably my favorite one so far that we've done. Wow, I love jazz and I really enjoyed this album. They they took it from both like a smooth jazz perspective into like a freeform jazz yeah, perspective. Sure, and I really appreciated all aspects of it. Uh, there was only a couple tracks that I wasn't crazy about. I even liked a couple that you guys like weren't t- too high up on. Yeah, and, I don't think uh, there was one that I like aggressively hated. Sure, yeah. Like I'm, I, I won't say I enjoyed Children of Sanchez. Sure. Like, like as a, in comparison to the rest of the tracks that I really did enjoy. Yeah. But but it's still um, a fine. Song. Also, the record is twenty eight ninety nine new. Twenty eight ninety nine new. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I would honestly buy that. That's pretty good for a double LP on a hundred and eighty gram pressing. Yeah. This is actually fairly thick pressing for an old record yeah. as well. I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. Um Bell, would you buy it? Um I would. I would. Nice. For that pricing, I don't know. For six ninety nine, yes. Six ninety nine. Six dollars ninety nine cents. Yeah, oh, yeah. Se- seven said? seven bucks for two. Isn't that what you said at the the record store had it as? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I think you said sixteen. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I pay six ninety nine for it easily. Yeah. Would I pay twenty eight dollars? No, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if you have me in a good mood, but probably not because yeah, that last. Man, I got a gift card to like... that store. Someone gave it to me for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. You just got free Joni yeah. for Christmas. Uh, I like that there wasn't a ton of talking. I'm not a f- huge fan of band introductions or random inserts either. Yeah, it isn't like. It doesn't negatively impact the experience. Sure. Like I would prefer to go without it. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought, and I would totally just have it on in the background and like enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and there was way more shredding than I ever yeah. would have thought. Yeah. I was like, dang, this they just go hard. rocks. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of unique sounds, so I was never really bored, even without the lyrics. I was still like engaged enough while I was like doing my own thing to be like, oh, I really, I really enjoy this. Uh, of course. The album dragged at the end for me, and mm. I would never put it on. I wasn't a big fan of Children of Sanchez on, and even that last third side is okay, but it's really that first half that got it for me, even though I did not like Children... Chase the Clouds Away. Yeah. I did not like that one, but still not too bad. Um, overall, like, I'd probably give it like a solid eight. Sure. A solid yeah. eight. I'd put it above the Beths, Future Ooh. Me Hates Me, and below The Who, Live at Leeds. Okay. Uh, I still prefer The Who. But this was really good. Really good. I think about an eight is probably around where I'd put it to. This is probably at the top for me, though. Um, eight of 13, by the way. No, I'm not doing 13 anymore. This is eight <laughs> out of 10. I would, uh, <laughs> this is probably, yeah, I'd put this at the top of everything we've listened to so far. Partly because I haven't heard it before. Yeah. Uh, but I have heard, like, some of the songs on yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay, sure. 
Um, like, the Who was great, but I'm sick. I fucking hate Tommy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, whatever. And all the Tommy tracks, I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, definitely above the Who and the other two albums, even though um, I picked the best and I liked it. But yeah, at the top. Really? Sure. You picked it, you like it better than the album that you picked yourself? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 So do I. <laughs> yeah, because that album sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, what would George. you give this album? What would I give this album? Oh, man. This album, because um, I still do it out of the 13 scale. Give it like a, maybe a 10 out of 13. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's. I, I listened to it while I was folding laundry last night. And I was, I was, I was having a good, a good time. Um, I listened to it on my headphones and I was just like, you know what? It's not 10 o'clock yet. There's no noise complaints. Hell yeah. So I put it on my stereo. And the fucking. It was so like bassy at one point, that one that has the double bass solo in it, that it started walking the one tower speaker across the floor, <laughs> and I had to tone it down. A little and there bit. were no there were no sound complaints until we got to Children Sanchez. And people were just like, "Turn it off! Turn, turn, it, turn it, off. it off! Turn it off! It's not too loud. I just don't want to so listen." Feel so bad. Um, but no, no, I, I, I like it. Uh, knowing how much I could pick one up for, even though the record store is closed as of five minutes ago. Ah, um, I know, right? Um, it's okay, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll go tomorrow. Um, like, I, yeah, definitely. I'll pick this up. Seven bucks, why not? Totally. Sure. And, um, like, it's it's fun to listen to. Like, like, if I was making dinner, I would put this album on. Yeah, like, I think one of the best times to listen to it is just on a really long road trip. Sure. Mm. Because then even, like, the songs that kind of drag, like, you don't necessarily care if you're just no. like, oh, yeah, like, Chase the Clouds Away, like, hits pr- pretty good when, like, you're just looking at a mountain being like, oh, beautiful mountain. Totally. Got the pan flute in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you hadn't basically inherited this album, Alex, would you buy it again? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, like Jake said, like, the shredding is just insane. The, like they they good, go so hard. Yeah, there's some really good musician work on yeah. this. Yeah, it's hard to catch up. Yeah, very no. impressive. Yeah, cool. Um, That's it. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Anyone? No. No. Next week we're going to be doing my choice, which is "Slide" by George Clanton, which I am very excited about. Yeah. Very very excited. No spoilers, but one of my favorite albums of all time. Cool. No kidding. So Looking we will be to listening it. to that. Some a bit different from what we listened to so far. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No live music. Yeah. Yeah, no more live albums for a while, probably. No hour and forty minute ones. The Who Live at Leeds. Uh, what actually? What was longer, the Who Live at Leeds, or I don't know. I don't know. The Who Live at Leeds feels longer. So yes, it's funny. I do prefer it, but it feels no. See, I like Tommy. So even though I liked this one, it still felt longer. uh, Like the Who Live at Leeds. So I don't know. Um, one second. They're pretty close. The Who Live at Leeds is like almost the same fucking amount. There's okay, so the issue that I have is 129 minutes, 30 seconds long. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like a half longer. an hour longer. Yeah, just about. And then there's a two-hour, or sorry, 239-minute release that I don't actually have. That would be interesting. Crazy. I'd listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. You can make that your next choice. Because they played two shows. I think it's just both right. shows. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So. Right on. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Alex. Yeah. All right. Come back anytime. I'm Sean. All right. Very good. Bye. Goodbye. See you later. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you for listening. Have a final verdict.